Welcome back to Creating Divine Conversations with Jess and Mary. Today is a very exciting time for us in this episode because we have our first guest. Um, but before we jump into our guest, um, we want to just tap into our last episode was about guilt and grief or grief and guilt, however you want to look at it. Um, but it's a time when so many people are going through so many difficult changes. And um, we're just curious what you as the audience notice difference in your own life about grief or guilt when you think about it. So Jess, what, um, what would you like to add? Just another mention of the guilt around joy. You know, still having this quality of life, still being here on this planet in the relationships and in the lifestyle that I have, knowing that that person or being is not here is sad and it brings a lot of emotion. But then there's this guilt over the joy that I still have in my own life. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Um, this past week, I've actually um, gone through some more grief from friends, but one being very sad and heavy, while the other was very joyful. Um, it was family and friends celebrating their new life. And um, so it was quite different how what we went through in our conversation during the last podcast, how that was heavier and what I experienced this past week very differently with one being more heavy and the other one being very joyful. So it's, it's fascinating how everybody is different. Is there something that's changed for you very specifically, Mary, since our last conversation that you know you wouldn't have thought or reacted in such a way because of our topic? Anything? Absolutely. Um, what came forward for me was um, to plan my funeral. Really, honestly, it was a joyful time of I want people to celebrate um, a new chapter for me. I don't want people to be sad. And so I'm looking at that end whenever that is for me to be a more joyful time as opposed to a, a sad. Yes, you're going to be sad that, you know, I wouldn't be there anymore, but to look at it in a different way, I think to help that healing process with my own family and friends. Mm. So thank you. So for that. That's actually so considerate, honestly, you know, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And today's guest is Susan Young. We are super excited for, to have you here. And Susan, we're talking about grief and guilt. What comes up for you? Would you like to add? Um, well, just piggybacking on what you said about the the, the joy and the grief, um, I was just thinking that you know, in a lot of other cultures, after someone dies, it's really a celebration, like a big joyful dancing, and just this huge celebration in life. And I think our culture here is just so much more of, you know, wearing black in the morning. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't even seem fitting for the person that passed away. Like they might not resonate with grieving that way, you know? So I've been hearing a lot more about that, about people like writing their own obituaries as well and kind of, you know, saying up front, I would like to, I would like this to be a party, like the kind of party that, you know, I would plan sort of thing. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That was a huge takeaway. And based uh, off of what you just said, Susan, mm-hmm. it really resonates with me because in my lifetime, I have been to memorials that are different than what that person wanted for themselves. Because of our culture, I've seen the memorial be really large or completely different in atmosphere. And so I love what you brought up about how our country or how our culture the morning. Yeah. And I think it's often seen as, well, this is the way we have to do it because it's a matter of respect. But sometimes in doing it that way, you're not necessarily respecting the person, the wishes of the person that, that passed away. You know, it just kind of tends to be a very rigid system. Yeah. As many of our systems are in this country. Yes. Definitely. Well, I think that's a a perfect segue here to, um, again, introduce Susan Young. Thank you so much. So tell our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm so um, honored to be your first guest. This is exciting. Um, So my name is Susan Young, and I'm a holistic life coach, primarily working with women over 50. uh, And I kind of help women uh, through major life transitions and guiding them and finding kind of their purpose in life and vitality. Um, often that's kind of done through a reassessment. We kind of like take this pause and just kind of like a timeout and say, okay, you know, where am I now? Where am I headed? Where have I come from? Am I on a path to a place I want to go? Um, and kind of take the time to just to reevaluate uh, you know, relationships, work purpose, um, quality of life, those kinds of things. Yeah. I love that. And we are very excited that you're a first guest too. Um, what a great topic because we're all over that 50, right? And, um, and so that really presents a lot of questions. Um, I feel like really we could probably spend hours on this topic. Um, but what would you say, um, Susan would be like a key area that you've noticed more with women over 50? Well, I just so happened to have finished a number of interviews, uh, market research interviews with about 14 women over 50 in, in two weeks. and. Um, just ask them very open-ended questions about what their top struggles are, what's on top, you know, on top of their mind. And the number one thing by far was really wanting to find something more meaningful in their life Mm -hmm. and not really knowing how to go about doing that. Um, and, um, there's, there's definitely some element of kind of being stuck in some jobs that are okay, but they're not providing the meaning that people are looking for. And there are, you know, um, definitely financial constraints, things with benefits and income that you count on. So that's, that's a very real tangible issue. Yeah. Um, But that's the number one that, you know, thing that really stood out. Yeah. I, you know, when you said that there are so many things that, um, came to my mind was, you know, I want something meaningful in my life. 
I want something now more tangible, something so I could be more financially stable or something. But um, the self-confidence, um, the the self-esteem issues or mindfulness um, that people have to go through that healing from the inside out first to get there because what held them back for so long that now all of a sudden it's meaningless. I, I want something more meaningful. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, there, you know, that's definitely another big category is self-doubt. I think the second one was self-doubt, um, mm -hmm. kind of a lack of a strong identity, feeling very alone. Um, a lot of women feel that they're like the only ones that are struggling like this when it's actually universal. And there's, there's a lot of expression of not, we don't talk about this enough. There's just not the discussion um, going on, but um, yeah, a lot of um, imposter syndrome, kind of crippling self-doubt, very li um, limiting beliefs about what they're capable of. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's very prevalent. And that kind of also ties into the guilt, uh, factor we were talking about earlier is that um, women are at this age really trying to just figure things out. There's just a lot of confusion and and there's just a lot of guilt on spending the time to figure themselves out. It's like they're having trouble giving themselves permission to just focus on themselves, themselves and um, try to figure out what would be more meaningful. And, um, you know, there's also a big element of feeling like they're just done. I had a lot of like, I'm just over it, been there, done that. I'm exhausted. You know, I just want to be me. I just want to sit down and relax, but I feel guilty like that I should be doing something. You know, you've had a lifetime of feeling like you should be caring for others. And it's just really difficult to put that down. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Susan, that research you've just recently coincidentally completed sounds so incredible. I mean, 14 women, you learned so much. One thing that's coming up for me is how you said that finding something more meaningful in life is what those women are looking for, which maybe we always are looking for that in our life. But why is it at 50 plus that we feel this loss? It seems to me, whether it's the job or financial or relationships, why do we feel the loss? Is it because we want to take a break and sit and rest and maybe not accomplish all the things and where our goals have shifted? I, I was just going to say, you said beautifully earlier too, um, Susan, about women typically, right, are always doing for everybody else we're always putting someone else first. And so I, I feel like even for myself, it's like you do, 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 and you forget how to be. Mm -hmm. So how, yes. what would you like to add? Um, yeah, just piggybacking on that. I think, you know, the question about why now, I think that there's a couple things that are coming together. Like there's sort of a natural pause, I think, because a lot of people at this point in their life may have things converging like an empty nest. If you've been a parent or kind of been in a job for 25 years, you, you've kind of climbed the ladder, you've done all the ambitious things and you're kind of coasting a little bit. So there just seems to be this natural pocket of space, I think. Um, and then you couple that with 
just being 50, there's just this sense of mortality that settles in that you recognize this is, you know, my next chapter, the third act, you know, and if, if not now, when, and um, with that mortality, another word that came up a lot was legacy. People are just beginning to think about, you know, well, will I, if I just continue on the path I'm on now, will I feel like I've contributed in the way that I want to have contributed? And, you know, um, people are just expressing they want to make an impact in any way they can and aren't necessarily feeling like what they're doing right now will get them that, get them to that place. Yeah, it's interesting. It's that piggyback on our grief topic, right? And the guilt we feel. And then jumping into, if not now, when? And we have to leave this legacy. It's like all of these things just kind of, I think, hit us so hard when we get to that 50 mark. It's like, you're right. It's like that halfway point through life. Do you think our priorities change and become more self-centered? around all this going on, you know, maybe our parents were not caregivers anymore. Maybe we are the empty nester. Maybe we have this big transition in retirement, whatever the transition is. Is part of it because now we're able to give more self-care and is that part of it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that um, there's this time, right? So it's kind of this natural pause, but, um, and I think also in that, that, most women, I mean, I don't mean to completely generalize or stereotype, but most women our age have put others before themselves the entire life. We've been applauded culturally by being selfless, like that's something to be put on a pedestal. And 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 so women have found worth and value in not putting themselves first. And I think after a lifetime of doing that, and then you begin to sense your mortality, there's almost like this restlessness like, what about me? Really? Like, I need to do these things. I've been thinking about doing this my whole life, and I've never done it, or I used to do this, or what did I even used to like to do? And um, it's just resurfacing. Um, So again, I think it's also that intersection of kind of like having a little bit of space, and things in a lifetime lines shifting and, and having the finality of life beginning to be a, a you know a reality in your mind it, it seems so far off when you're younger um and now it doesn't it doesn't seem so far off yeah yeah i was thinking that scarcity mindset comes in so we think of all these things that women or yeah women over 50 want but they're scared how do we go about doing that so what would you say, Susan, to someone who says, okay, yep, I have the self-doubt. I'm scared to death. I've, I've done for everybody my whole entire life. I don't know how to, I don't know how to step into my own self. What would you say to them? I'd say take one step. Um, and I, I think that the first thing that comes before any change or evolution is awareness. It's kind of uh, precedes everything. So I think um, I think settling in and and really paying close attention to what you're feeling, 
um, maybe tracing, and this kind of goes back to that reassessment idea, but just being still enough to notice and maybe tracing things like, where am I feeling resentment in my life? Where am I feeling dread? You know, where do I, what things do I want to avoid? And those are, can be clues as to uh, boundaries that are crossed or things that aren't just right and and kind of and need your attention. And so, and I think just we have to give ourselves permission to take the time to self-reflect and be aware of who we are, where we are, what we want, where we want to go. I think yeah. that's, that, you know, everybody's human right to, to be in that place and, and, and we can do it. And I, and I also believe that for every woman that kind of steps up and takes her own rightful place in the world and kind of gets to a place where she's fully expressing herself authentically and is fulfilled that there's like a collective impact for women. Yes. Well said, Susan, there is a collective Mm -hmm. impact. I even think in our culture, we are becoming more respected even in recent years. I know it's gone up and down throughout, you know, centuries, but it just feels like we're not so much the shadow anymore. We're women that are of this age that are now in the forefront, whether it's in politics or in education or in community civil service, you name it. I feel like we're around more. And so that's super empowering and makes us more resilient and also brings us opportunity that maybe we hadn't considered in years past, because here we are, we are still vibrant. Yes, where our physical bodies have changed mentally, spiritually, maybe that as well, but there's so much more to accomplish. And so there's this, like you said, both of you, Mary, Susan, it's a newfound like quarter of our life, if you will. And before we came on today's call, I used our angel wisdom book that Mary and I sometimes use, Susan, and I wanted to see what message would come up. And this was interesting. It said spiritual oil change. And what I gathered from that is that reassessment of before you sell your car, you're going to give it an oil change. You're going to look at what needs to be tuned up, et cetera. When you do that for yourself and say, what am I feeding myself? What am I involving myself in? Who am I connecting with? And you sort of reassess that. It's almost like that spiritual oil change. And it made perfect sense to me for this conversation today. You know, like for me, what would I need as an oil change? Well, there's lots of things I've been working on. If I worked harder at it, what would it do for me? I don't know. What comes up for you, Mary? What are you thinking about? Well, it's interesting. Because when I was looking at the book, what came up, which is so fitting, is future. So when we look into the future, this legacy we want to leave, whatever um, it's our culture, it can be just um, the typical outcome like, oh, no, you can't do that. Those, um, the lies and misunderstandings that keep coming up. Um, but to look at your future, not from a certain outcome, but and and stop buying into statistics, but buy into the future of life and looking at it with a mindset of joy and hope filled and 
I feel like it's like this collaboration. That was the word that kept coming up for me too. When both of you were speaking is this collaboration of women. It's like, we become unstoppable. We become powerful, empowered by learning from one another and hearing each other. Right. And so no matter what job you have or um, what field you go into, your friendships or relationships or work, you become more empowered with that those women around you. And so I just feel like we can continue to grow culturally in whatever environment when we continue to lift each other up. Right, Susan? Yeah, I just, all of that resonates so much. And I have just ideas flying in around my head. So I'm going to try to catch one. Yes. But, you know, you kind of came full circle. And I think, you know, of having the the community of women, I think, and it kind of goes back to that collective impact, like every woman that can kind of join in, you know, we, we find strength in community. That's kind of where women came from. And, um, you know, to your point, Jesse, about you know, having 25 more years left of vibrancy or whatever, I'm also finding, I think, you know, if you think about having a life where you really have put everybody else before yourself most of the time, and then you finally are prioritizing yourself and kind of engaging in things that bring you alive, this is going to be your most vibrant time, potentially. Like I feel more alive or clear than I ever have in my life. And I've had several people say fifties are my best decade I've ever had, you know, Definitely. And yeah. And I think also just related to that is, um, uh, is that women are also in doing this, doing it our own way. Like that's a shift I'm seeing. Like, you know, when we first came into the workforce, if you think back on the, the movies and everything, it was like fry up the bacon and you know, what is it like bring home the bacon, frying up a pan, right? Like, so you could go into the workforce, but you're not leaving anything else that you were supposed to be doing, you know, and remember all the suits, like we just had to pretend to be men and mm. do things that culture. And now I think it's like um, women are just stepping up on their own. It's like, that's not how we do things. This, this is how it's going to go down. <laughs> you know, this is us just kind of stepping in. And I love that. I do too. We embrace who we are. We embrace the evolution that we are, have been in, that we will become. We embrace each other deeper. We're proud, like you said, Susan, of where we are. There's this sense of security. Fear is always there, but there's a deeper sense of security maybe that we all have. And you know, Mary, when you were talking about, like um, you were like touching on blessings because my mind's circling too, Susan, but Mary, you said something and it made about the future and it made me think about recently I read something and I've been doing it on counting my blessings for the future. I usually stay present, but what about, you know, counting your blessings or having your own mindfulness in um, gratitude for what's to come in your future? Yeah, I think it, I, I have to say this before I lose my thought too, is I, I think of us, the three of us together and just our own community and collaboration is women hear us roar. Like we finally are allowing our voices to be heard right and and then piggybacking on what you just said is um i always feel like we should count our blessings every single day um 
if we're always looking into the future as, oh, what if, or what could happen, you're never going to allow it to unfold or evolve the way it really should. Because we're, I feel like the limitations are being set when we put those words out there. But yeah. when we look at the future as a blessing and go, okay, you know what? Whatever comes, I'm ready for it. And I'm going to embrace it. I'm excited. Yeah, I just wanted to to add on that. Um, that was another theme that came forward in my in my conversations with women, um, because I was focused primarily kind of on what what they're struggling with. But people were very very open and vulnerable, and I was really kind of so surprised by that. Um, and I had to add another category, which was kind of like hopeful or just excitement because in the context of all of this, there was a lot of um, statements about, you know, I really, there's so much to look forward to in the future. Um, there's more great things to come. I'm excited about what I can do. Um, you know, I'm happy for this time. And there was just a lot of um, gratitude and excitement about the next chapter. And um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of like, there's this meeting of Yes, there's this like self-doubt and, um, you know, some limiting beliefs, but I think it's a struggle because it's clashing on the other hand with this feeling like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to do what I want now. This is my time. And so it's like how to, how to put those things together and, and take forward action. But yeah. Susan, it's so interesting, this this um, fact that you've interviewed these women. I just wonder, with like anonymity in mind, is there something that one of the women said that just really stuck out for you that you were surprised? Oh, gosh, I wish I had it up. Um, so let me go for my memory here because I, I have it all. I did a whole PowerPoint presentation with the quotes, and they're just uh, mind-blowing. Um yeah, I, I was getting teary-eyed putting him yeah. in a, in kind of collecting on a spreadsheet because, you know, just partly because everyone felt like they were on their own in this. And it's like when you're just compiling it and it's like, oh my gosh, we are so not alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they would talk and I'm just thinking, I can't believe it's coming out of your mouth because it's just validating, you know, the same terms, the same words. And it was just really fascinating. We are not alone. It's so true. Yes. Oh, we boy, are Mary. not yeah. alone. We are not alone. And if that's like the biggest message that we can get out to our audience is no one is alone. And if if you were to, you know, take a poll and ask even 100,000 people, I bet you you would get more correct or similar answers in any number of, of polls. Um, because there are more people that have gone through what we've all gone through or feel what we feel at any age, you know, but mostly when you get to that 50, I remember a friend of mine, she's 10 years older. And, you know, she said, wait until you get to be 50. You're not, you're not going to care as much. And then when you get over 50 and get closer to 60s, like you're right, <laughs> you, you care less of um, I don't want to say I should change that. It's it's not like you care less of other people. 
but the emphasis is more on your needs and your wants and your desires, not pleasing the rest of the world. Yep. And you know what comes up for me, Mary, because you were like reading my mind is how we want to spend our time. Yes. Basically, it's as simple as that. Who do you want to spend your time with? What do you want your spend your time doing? It is about recognizing that if it doesn't bring you joy, I don't have to do it. I don't have to be it. I don't have to live it, you know? Yes. And setting boundaries. So it's going back, like Susan was talking about, like, okay, so number one thing is to be aware, creating that awareness. But in that awareness, what do you need to let go of? What boundary do you need to set? What is it that you want to help you grow and learn and be who you want to be and do? Yep. Can I add one more thing? Absolutely. I can speak for myself and I can only speak for myself. I compare myself to my old body all the time. So that's a whole physical topic, right? I don't want to compare myself to that anymore. I am not that old body. I will never be that old body. But when you think about just yourself in general, like capital S, I want to keep working on comparing myself only to myself and being around those people that help me to be the most that I could be. And I care about that more than I've ever cared. Maybe it's because I have that freedom that Susan was talking about. Yeah, I love it. I I just uh, wanted to say that that is something I heard before um, with one of the women in particular was uh, the whole uh, the whole thing about the relationship with the body. Like they where they are in their mind and their spirit and everything is just not relating to their body. They can't, you know, and, and she sort of came to the conclusion that she needed to let go of her former image of her body and let that just catch up so that she could feel more kind of integrated, if that makes sense. Totally. I cannot agree more. Well said, much better than I in that. Yes. This new body is who I am. I'm blessed for the fact that it ticks and keeps me running and walking and doing all the things. And no matter what physical issues may come forward, like Mary said earlier, I'll get through it, but not live in the worry and, and, and still work hard every day to keep myself physically strong, mentally strong, emotionally strong, spiritually strong. It's that balance that matters most. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. I feel like when you become aware, you learn how to be present and you set intentions. Those are like three key, I think, steps that help you to be even more empowered and unstoppable in whatever it is that you want to do. Because then all that other stuff you don't worry about, you don't think about because you're just living for the moment and you're in this present and you're just stealing up all this joy going, yay, this feels really good. I love who I'm with. I love what I'm doing. And you don't have to worry about the future. So with that being said, I'm going to ask the two of you to share with the audience one to two items, um, steps, whatever it is for you that would help someone that is still scared, is still fighting that 
um, I don't know, I want to do this, but I just don't know how. What advice would you give them? Mm. That's a good one. You want to go first, Susan, or should I? I sure. I, 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 something comes to mind. So I think one of the things I think about and talk about often is just take one step. You know, I think it partly with the, maybe some of the self-doubt, I think a lot of um, women, if you don't know how to get from A to Z, you don't go from A to B. And and you you may not be able to figure out where Z is or if Z is even where you want to go. <laughs> but the way you do that is to go to B. And so, you know, just kind of like do one thing and then you can reassess as you go along. And I think to your point, Mary, like the intent is so important to be present and to be conscious and make an intention. And we can only do that when we're present because otherwise we're rehashing something that happened or we're worried about something that might happen, but it's not reality. Um, and it's so powerful to set an intention. And then you can also, then you can break down into steps. You can figure out a next step if you have an intention. Yeah. That's what I would, that's what I would say. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I would add to what you said in support. For some reason that just comes up for me. Um, we all have our intentions and I do think it's very important, but then who is that support? And for me, it's as simple as conversations with women about these topics that you're comfortable having conversation with that maybe you've never dived into this before. It could be your neighbor. It could be your book club member. It could be, you know, whoever it is, relative, non-relative colleague, but maybe it's just sitting down and having this very interesting, authentic conversation and seeing what comes up for that person, sharing. And then maybe that person can even help you to become whatever that intention is. You know, I just find it interesting, the miraculous connections we have sometimes with conversation, you know? Yeah. I I love that. And I just, yeah, piggybacking on that, I think that, um, Kind of going back to the idea that this isn't something we talk about. So I think these are also things we tend to figure out in our head. Um, and there's just so much power in talking to people that are going through the same thing. And we don't tend to bring it up because it's, it's just not normalized. And again, this idea that I'm the only one thinking about this, but um, we can ensure everyone that everybody is thinking about the same things and struggling with the same things. And so, you know, finding a, a friend or someone you know that's in your age group, just bring up a topic that you're struggling with and chances are they are too. And mm -hmm. that's a great support. I think course. most people are craving that kind of a conversation. Not everyone, but most women. Yeah, that also came through really clear. They're like, we need, we need a platform. We need more. We need a place to talk about this. It's not talked about enough, you know, just a lot of that. And just people willing to like, you know, just really wanted to just even talk on the interviews just because you get a chance to talk about, you know, what you're struggling with and kind of where you are now. Mm. Sharing, right, Mary? Yeah, this is, I love it. I love this topic. I love um, what we're doing. We're allowing women ourselves to be empowered. Um, my biggest takeaway that I'm coming from this too is to tell the audience, let go of those limiting um, beliefs, you know, to take one step at a time to get support, have support. You know, I always think 
when you are surrounding yourself with people that keep lifting you up, you're just going to keep shining and you're going to keep motivated and you're going to keep moving. You know, set your boundaries around those people that are pulling you back down. And don't believe those lies because you're not alone. We've been through it. And that's why there's women like us out here doing our job as coaches to help other women be empowered and unstoppable. Any other additions here, ladies? I just want to add, be you. I know it's simple and it's the same quote, slogan, you know, Mm -hmm. be you. I don't care if you need to, you know, do something that you've never done before or, you know, don't worry about the judgment. Don't worry about how it could change something. If you feel you need to do it or be it or become it or live it, then just go try it. Like Susan said, that little itty bitty step, go try it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that too. Just be you. And and just one thing to, to add on that is like, if you hear yourself thinking, like if you have a crazy idea and you want to try it, you've never done it before and you hear and you find you're wondering what someone else may think about it, let that go. Because what you want to know is what you think about that. You know, and I think that's how we get a little restricted sometimes too, as we start thinking about who would, you know, how would so-and-so react to this or think about it. And this is the time to just put that down and to follow what, you know, what, what you think about it. Yeah. Totally. I love it. Well, thank you so much. We will have everyone's contact information on our show notes, um, especially Susan, thank you so much for being our, our first guest. And I thought what a great, powerful conversation and how it really was full circle with the grief, the guilt, and just empowering ourselves and women over 50. And don't stop dreaming, just keep climbing and be you. It's our turn isn't it ladies it is our turn and so we encourage you anyone listening women male female whatever you identify as you know between now and the next wonderful conversation we have on this podcast you know what little baby step might you take that would be something that would bring you towards your intention that you've been thinking about maybe take it I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation and thank you so much for providing this platform uh, for women and um, just putting this great work into the world. So thank you. Susan, Mary and I, I know you agree, Mary, we are privileged to have you. It has been a real joy to have you as our first guest on this podcast. You're welcome back anytime. And it was just wonderful energy between the three of us. I yes. it. it was great. It was great. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, for shining your light and being you. Thank you again, Susan, for being a guest on our show. And thank you, audience, for listening to another episode of Creating Divine Conversations with Jess and Mary. It is our hope that you received a divine message today and that you feel inspired, more encouraged, or given a new view on something within your own life. Continue to make a difference by sharing this episode with someone who needs to receive it. Subscribe today and stay connected. Your positive review is always deeply appreciated. Be empowered and share your gifts. Until next time.